In your Bibles, James chapter number 2. James chapter number 2. We can read here in verse number 1. The first nine verses of James chapter number 2. The Bible says in James 2 verse 1, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto you, unto your assembly, a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him. But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin... And are convinced of the law as transgressors. And there's an emphasis in this passage of Scripture on having respect of persons. And the Lord's made it clear that it's uh, the church and the gathering's duty and command to not have respect of persons. That doesn't mean that I can't show you respect. That simply means that we should not treat people differently because of their wealth, prominence, appearance. We are to be kind-hearted, good-spirited, gracious, soul-seeking, people-loving folks to all people without exception. And the Bible makes it plain. Verse number 1, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons, well, we begin here with this command, and uh, the, the address is to the brethren. Brethren. Now, as we study the book of James, over and over again, this is a message to the church. And no doubt, and it was, becomes very evident that the church, as James is addressing the Christian people, the church, he's, he's dealing with things that have a tendency to happen in church groups. He's dealing with things that are, are, are problems, and he's... Dealing with him very specifically. Over and over again in the book of James, he's dealing with the issue of Christian people hearing the word but not doing the word. Boy, that happens, doesn't it? And now he's dealing with the fact that in church groups and in churches, there's a tendency to be partial to people who look a certain way and Show extra attention to folks who you think somehow might provide something more for you than someone else. The Bible says, don't you do that. I like how it's addressed here. My brethren, this is a message to Christian people. It's a perfect Wednesday night message. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. It says, now listen, we're brethren. Don't have the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't be a Christian and have respect of persons. And it just goes into some depth. I like this little phrase. 
the Lord of glory. And James is just making it plain. He says, now listen, don't be guilty of knowing the King of kings, the Lord of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Don't be guilty of having your life changed by God through faith in him. Don't be guilty of having a relationship with Jesus, the Jesus, the King of glory. And act like a heathen. And do something as silly and immature and sinful as mistreating people because of the way they look, the way they smell, the way they act. May God help us to be people lovers. Burden for the souls of men, women, and boys and girls. That's the message. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. Again, in verses number 8 and 9, look at verse number 8. I think this is so uh, wonderfully put. Of course, it's wonderfully put. It's the Word of God. But listen to this. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture. I, I don't know about you, but when I hear the royal law, it kind of catches my attention. What does James say is the royal law? I mean, what is this kingly, rich, glorious, royal law? What is it? James says, here it is. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He says, if you fulfill the royal law, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He says, you do well. Now, it's one thing to say, I love my neighbor as myself. But it's a whole other thing to live it. Now, ask yourself this question, Lord, do I love my neighbors myself? Do I love my neighbors myself? Do I really do unto others as I'd have them do unto me? And so many times the answer in our hearts is going to have to be, no, I don't. And the Lord uses this verse of Scripture that we should love our neighbors ourselves to contrast the rest of this passage of Scripture. He says, if you keep the royal law, you do well. But, verse number 9, you see that? But, if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. And the Bible says, now look, you cannot keep the royal law and have respect of persons. You can't love your neighbors yourself and have respect of persons. The Bible says if you have respect of persons, the Bible says that you commit sin. Look at the last phrase of verse number 9. It says, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. That last phrase, it just literally means you are convicted, guilty. If you have respect of persons, you are guilty of transgressing the law of God. That law that says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I want to ask you this question tonight. Are you keeping the royal law? Are you keeping the royal law? And there's some things in this passage of Scripture that we can study and understand and see that will answer the question and hopefully convict us and set us on the right track to be the kind of church that loves people, serves people, and keeps the royal law, and thus is able to be used for God and his glory 
I'm thankful that I can say as the pastor of this church, I find our church to be very friendly. Thank you. Thank you. But I'm also keenly aware of the fact that it doesn't have to stay that way. You see, there have been lots of churches that started really friendly, but ended really sour. And if we're not careful, we've got to be, we need to be paying attention and know that the worst and the most unimaginable can happen to us too. But for the grace of God, there go I. And the work that God and the spirit that God wants to give us and bless us with is something that must be continually and constantly worked on and considered and sought after because we want to remain a church that loves the lost. We want to remain a church that loves the downcast and downtrodden. We want to remain a church that welcomes people who need to know the Lord Jesus Christ by faith as their Savior. I pray that Chihuahua Baptist Church will always be a healing place for hurting folks. It's important we keep the right spirit about it. It's important that we adhere to the royal law to love our neighbor as ourself. Let's just look at a few things here. Verse number 2. The Bible gives us an illustration. In verse 1 it gives us a, a command. It says we should not serve the Lord Jesus Christ with respect of persons. Now, the, the phrase respect of persons, it just literally means that we don't look at somebody and treat them one way because of the way they look and treat them another way because of the way they look or the way they are or where they come from. We don't treat people like royalty and treat people like trash. There is a consistency, a constancy, in the way we treat folks, and we treat them all the same. It doesn't mean that if someone walks in that has some prominence that we turn our backs on them. No, not at all, because often people with prominence are hurting people who need Jesus too. But we've got to be careful that we don't honor one person above another. You know, I've met folks and met churches that have decided for some reason they hate certain classes of people. And I'm not talking about lower classes of people. I've met churches and been in churches where they don't like people of prominence. Scared to death at the thoughts of having somebody with a good job in their church. <laughs> and you can err both ways. The Bible says we should have no respect of persons. And it gives us an illustration. Here's what it says. Just in case you're wondering what respect of persons really looks like, it says this in verse number 2. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. You can see that picture, can't you? You see a man in good clothes and a gold ring, and another man, he's dirty and stinky. So the Bible says in verse 3, And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. He says in verse 4, Are ye not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? The Bible says if you're guilty of doing something like this, you need to be careful. As you study this passage of Scripture, you can uncover all kinds of interesting stories about people who have put churches to the test. Most of the time I found out people who try to put the church to the test are pretty rotten in their core. And so I don't recommend you do this. But you hear the stories. You, I heard the story of a lady, and she was pretty rotten, and I don't necessarily like what she did. But she put a church to the test. And one Sunday she went to a church, 
dressed like a ragamuffin. She said a few people spoke to her and said hi, and the preacher spoke to her and said hi, but that was it. She said, the next week I came in dressed to the nines, whatever that means. I've just heard people say it. I maybe need to be careful. Someone after church will have to explain. Well, you old people after church will have to explain to me what it means to be dressed to the nines. Uh, because I don't know. Anyway, she was dressed the nines, whatever that means. In my mind, it looks really good. She said, that Sunday, everybody doted over her, including the pastor. Oh, boy, I'm so glad to see you. I'm glad you've come to be with us today. I hope you'll come back. Is this your first Sunday? No, I was here last Sunday, and I won't be back. That was her spirit. <laughs> it's possible to make mistakes. The truth is, any time that someone walks in this church building, we ought to be interested in them. We should be interested in them. As a matter of fact, visitors, we should be interested in visitors and guests. But also, hey, look, we should be interested in everybody else too. You should be interested in the folks that sit near you. You should be looking for them. You should be praying for them. You should, if they're missing, you should call them. Now, it's important. You see, sometimes we, in a church like this, we, there are certain people we pay close attention to. If they're gone, we miss them. Other folks, we just let them fall through the cracks. And I'm doing my best with the Lord's help not to be that kind of person. But quite frankly, it's impossible for me to keep up with it. I know I can't. I work hard at it. I ask the Lord to lead me. But I can't do it all. As a matter of fact, you know what's so secret? It's not my job to do it all. It's our job. It's our duty. It's my duty to reach out to as many people as I could. And I should in a week's time reach out to more people than anybody else in this church. And I do. But you should be working too. And you should be looking for any person that comes in this church because we come together to worship. We come together to serve one another. And we should be praying and seeking. And it doesn't matter their socioeconomic status. It doesn't matter what they offer to the church. It just matters that we're a church and we should be investing in their lives. May God help us. The Bible says, look, we should not be partial. As a matter of fact, it says it exactly like that in verse 4. She says, if you treat the rich person, the gold ring guy, and the stinky guy differently, the Bible says, are you not then partial in yourselves? You make partial judgments. And we're to, be, we're to love people equally. And we're to, you know how we're to love people? We're to love people like ourselves. I mean, that's the royal law, right? Love your neighbors yourself. How would you want to be treated? Hey, listen, treat people that way. Oh, how many times have I met folks with a grumbling spirit? Nobody called me. And sometimes if I'm feeling real feisty, I'll say, who did you call? And it's like, <gasps> nobody visited me. I said, I'm sorry to hear that. Who did you visit? <gasps> huh. Sounds to me like you've missed the royal law. Nobody cared for me. I said, who did you care for? No one was my friend. Who did you befriend? 
<laughs> I was so encouraged at Kathy Wharf's memorial service on Monday night. As I was greeting folks in the lobby, folks coming in, I love to see people. I'm allergic to funeral flowers. I don't know if you knew that or not, but the lilies, unfortunately it's not poinsettias, but lilies, those big lilies, if I get anywhere near them, I go, <gasps> and I'm like, Arr! and it's hard to sing. So I stay out there if there's funeral flowers. And I was out there visiting people, and they came in. People came in. You wouldn't believe how many people came in as I was introducing myself and talking to them, and they would try to tell me who they were in connection to Kathy Wharf. I'm Kathy's best friend. And several people came by and said, I'm Kathy's best friend. And I thought, my lands, how sweet that is. How precious. And I'm reminded of the verse of Scripture that says, A man that has friends must show himself friendly. I thought a person that has all these many best friends indeed was a friend. And you see, God tells us we shouldn't be partial. We should have the royal law in our hearts. We should love our neighbors, ourselves. And when we really need a friend, we should be a friend. When we really need some help, we should be a help. I'm telling you, it doesn't seem like it would work, but it does every time. Do unto others, you have them do unto you. Oh, it's sweet. It's sweet how it works. The Bible says if you treat people differently, the Bible says in verse 4, are you not then partial in yourselves? Showing partiality. And then look what the next phrase says in verse 4. And are become judges of evil thoughts. All that basically means is you have become an evil judge. You are an evil judge. We've always heard folks say you, couldn't, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, and that's true. But the Bible says if we treat somebody one way and another person another way, then we have become a judge making evil judgments. How many of you want to be that when you grow up? A judge of evil thoughts. You become an evil judge. Guess what? You and I do not have the ability to make judgments on who can be a blessing to the church or who cannot. You and I don't have the qualities or qualifications to judge whether or not that person will get saved or whether or not that person will get saved. We don't have that qualification. You know what we have to do? We've got to treat everybody the same. We've got to show everybody the love of Christ. We've got to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. We've got to give everyone an opportunity. We've got to work and treat other people the way we want to be treated. We've got to honor the royal law because that's how God works. I heard an interesting story about a church, and there was this poor lady that wanted to join this beautiful, prominent church. So she went and talked to the preacher. She said, Preacher, I'd like to join this church. And the preacher's kind of like, oh, man, this is going to cause me a lot of trouble. She's a little rough. She's not really our class of people. If I ever heard that come out of anybody's mouth, I'll just tell you in advance, it would make me very angry. Because, well, that's not how we are. The preacher's like, oh, man, this is going to be difficult. What can I do? I'm going to have to kind of. She, she said, i tell you what. You can join our church when you've attended here. For eight weeks consecutively. And when you've attended here eight weeks consecutively, you talk to me again. And we'll, we'll talk about this church membership thing. 
Eight weeks went by and came and went, and the little girl, little lady said, came to the preacher said, Preacher, I've been here eight weeks. I'd really like to join the church. He said, he said uh, okay, well, the next thing you need to do is you need to be reading your Bible every day for one whole month. Yes, sir. He said, you report back to me, and after you've read your Bible for one whole month, and we'll talk more about this church membership thing. Thirty days went by of her reading her Bible, and preacher she said i'm i've done it i'm i've completed my task and i'm ready to join the church preacher said i'll tell you what there's one more thing i'd like for you to be praying one hour a day for the next 30 days and when you've completed that you come back to me well 30 days came and went and the lady never showed the preacher was relieved because he wasn't going to have to deal with her anymore. Three or four months go down, pass by, I should say, and the preacher runs into the little lady. She comes to him and says, Hey, preacher, you remember me? Oh, yeah, I remember you. I thought she was going to talk to us about joining the church. You know, yeah, you're holier than now. I thought she was going to talk to me about joining the church. He said, she said, You know what? I did exactly what you told me. And I prayed for an hour a day for 30 minutes. And one day, I just told the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to join that church so bad. I want to join that church so bad. And she said, the Lord told me I've been wanting to get in that place for about 20 years too. (laughs) Just don't worry about it. (laughs) We don't want to be that kind of people. And you know what's more important than us not wanting to be that kind of people? God can't use that kind of people. Hey, what kind of spirit do you have in regards to the royal law? You should treat others as yourself. You should love your neighbors yourself. You should do unto others. You should have them do unto you. And you should not be partial or respecters of persons. Look what the Bible says in verse 5. The Bible says in verse 5, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him. He says, hey, listen, church, remember something. You want to cater to the rich and the famous, but God's chosen to use poor and despised things. God's chosen to use poor and despised things. Now, things that aren't prominent, things that are less likely, I preached out of this passage of Scripture several years ago at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. And I listened back to the message. I was so encouraged to hear it. Because let me tell you what I gave testimony about when I was pastoring Boiling Springs Baptist Church in regards to this passage of Scripture. I thanked the Lord because the Chihuahua Baptist Church, when I was just a boy, was not partial. Pastor Chuck and Brother Fred were not respecters of persons. I was a little boy going to a different church. A little rough around the edges. But I came to church and they showed an interest and invested in my life. I wasn't prominent. My parents didn't have anything to offer. But I found some men and some women and a church family that was willing to invest and 
poor of the world. And I'm thankful. And I'm thankful. And I'll just tell you, every time I see a kid run through the church, I think, Lord, help us to invest in their, their lives. Because it's no telling what God might do. I'm nothing special, but I'll tell you something. I was treated like I was. Determined I wanted to live like Jesus and be like those men when I grew up. I'm thankful for it. You see, it's wonderful. You see, God's chosen the poor of this world. Think about the people that God loves to use all through the Scriptures. I was thinking about Moses. When I, when I say the word Moses, it's almost like, whoa, Moses. Because, wow, Moses has done some pretty amazing things, right? But where did Moses start? I'll tell you where Moses started. He was condemned by the world to die in his infancy. He was the son of... Of two slaves, destined and doomed to make bricks for pagan Egypt for his entire life. But you know, God has chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith. Boy, did God use Moses. What a big way God used Moses. I think about other Bible characters. David. A shepherd boy and Joseph, the least of his brothers. I think of men like D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was used of God to shake the world for the gospel. But you know where D.L. Moody started? When D.L. Moody was a young teenager, his mother was so poor that she had a meeting with D.L. She said, now listen, buddy, I don't have no money to feed you anymore. You eat like a teenage boy. You're going to have to leave home, move to Chicago, and get a job, or you won't be able to eat. We can't feed you anymore. Can you imagine telling a 13 or 14-year-old boy, I'm sorry, we can't afford to feed you anymore. You'll have to move to a big city where you can get a job. That's the kind of situation D.L. Moody was in. D.L. Moody began to work in a shoe store, stocking shelves for shoes. And a man with a stammer in his speech and Shy began to see D.L. Moody and got a burden for his soul and witnessed to D.L. Moody and D.L. Moody got saved and the rest is history. I'm just telling you, God uses the poor of this world. Not the, not the main line, not the prominent and famous, not the worldly wise. Hath, God, hath not God chosen the poor of this world? Rich and I want to tell you something the church has made a terrible mistake with. The church has made a terrible mistake thinking that somehow that they can, they can appease the modern world. The church has made a terrible mistake thinking that somehow if we cater to the agenda of the worldly wise and lower our standards and accept things that are anti-Bible, then Surely we'll be good. And I'm just going to tell you something. That is showing partiality. That is being a respecter of persons. And if you try to make your church look so much like the world and act so much like the world, and you try to make your faith something that is appealing and appetizing to the lost world, wickedness, mainline, you've messed up immensely. And the Bible deals with this next. Look what it says. It says, now look, God's not chosen the main line 
to bring about his greatest works. The Bible says, listen, before you're tempted to push the poor off in a corner and welcome the guy with the gay clothing and the gold ring, you remember something. Verse number 6. But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? The church that James is addressing, they wanted to be and be welcomed and look like and smell like and be just like the worldly wise, the main line, the mainstream. And James said, listen, boys, you've made a terrible mistake. The people that you are catering to are the very people who are despising you and drawing you before judgment seats. All they want is to draw you out so they can convict you and take you away. He says, don't fall for that trick. They blaspheme the name of Christ. Don't fall for that trick. God wants to use the poor, poor in this world, to do his greatest work. He says in verse 8, If you fulfill the royal law, according to Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself, ye do well. But if you have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Where are you? Where are you? Now, I'll just tell you, it could happen to all of us and any of us in a moment's time. And we fall into the trap of wanting to be so mainline, so like the world and like the worldly wealthy, the worldly rich, the world, that we neglect the very people that God wants to use the most. Bottom line is, no matter who they are, you know how we should treat them? Exactly the same. We should treat our neighbors, ourselves. What should we do? I'll tell you what we should do. We should give them the gospel, the word of God. We should show them the love of Christ. We should remind them that all men are sinners, that Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins, and we are all in need of him. And his love and his word offers everything we need in order to thrive. Oh, may the Lord help us. I don't know about you, but with God's help, I want to continue in the royal law and serve the Lord and not be a respecter of persons. Oh, may God help us.